0: There, I'm, we're doing an Eckhart Tolle book club at the end of September for anybody who has or hasn't ever read Eckhart Tolle. Um, he's amazing. I think he's amazing. And the book is kind of his classic Power of Now book, which is very much into being in the present moment. And that your life is only happening in the present moment. It's not happening in the future. So worries about the future aren't very useful and your life is not happening in the past. So ruminating and reminiscing and wishing that the past was different is also not super useful. Things our brains do, but kind of like repetitive patterns that when you step back and look at it, be like, are are these behaviors actually benefiting me? Because th- that's not my life, my life is right now. And there, there's so much happening right now that we miss because we're always like thinking of the next step, thinking of the next place. Or wishing the past was different, or wishing we could get the past back, or all the thing, all these behaviors that we do that make us miss our actual life in the present moment. And I think that's where Eckhart Tolle's uh power, success, like skills come from is like that's basically his shtick, is like the present moment is your life. There's so much here that is rich and beautiful and wonderful, but we miss it all because we're not aware of it, because we forget that our life is right here and it's not in the future and it's not in the past. Those are just thoughts. Um, so book club on the power of now, I actually read the power of now years ago and then so I thought it was actually very difficult. I just, re- I remember it being difficult and um have done coaching since then listened to a lot to his podcast, really gotten into, you know, all the philosophy of stoic philosophy, Buddhist philosophy, coaching philosophy, and went to a Eckhart Tolle retreat last year in Maui. And it was amazing. It was all in the present moment. And um, have seen him speak live two other times, and then picked up his book again, because I was like, I should, I should just read this again. Let's see. Let's see what's happening. And I'm like, whoa, this book is really good. And I got, I think I got so much more out of it the second time because I kind of speak the language a lot better. Like, it's not like a crazy idea of like, what do you mean right now is all there is? It's all there is. Um. So end of September, Eckhart Tolle book club. I think Diane, RVA put that up in the Facebook groups with a nice graphic. So you can find that. All right, my friends, if you want to be coached within this hour, raise your hand and we will um, do some coaching. For those of you who might have noticed already, Jess and I are going to wrap up room one at the end of this year. So January first will be the end of Room One. Um, we love it. I absolutely love this. I think we've been coaching surgeons now for two two years, a little over two years. It's been so rewarding. But we're just kind of we're just going in, doing more in other arenas, and had to kind of really decide: was Room One something we wanted to grow, or was Room One something that kind of needed to end so we can continue our lives. And we're doing it. I think like we're both sad, but we're both ready for it to move on. Um, and there's probably a lot of thoughts and feelings with that, but I wanted you guys to hear it from us. there will be an email. We'll probably do a podcast just to kind of get the word out to everybody. Cause not everybody listens to every coaching session or comes on to every coaching session. So we have four months left of group coaching. So the year renewals will not happen. If you are in the year renewal um, window within the next four months, you can come on monthly if you want to continue until January 1st. For the people who have year renewals and aren't going to get the whole year because we're going to stop in January 1st, we will be giving refunds so everybody feels whole. And uh, don't worry, we've hopefully thought a lot about you guys and how we're going to do this. So I'm still figuring out if I want to do one-on-one coaching um, time-wise for me. And I think Jess is going to. So don't quote me on that. <laughs> Jess, you must. Kelly said so. up. Um, as far as what's available going on. And of course, Jess and I have a huge network of physician coaches that we trained with. So we're happy to give names if, if you guys want that too. All right. So if you have anything, any comments, put them in the Q&A or chat box. Raise your hand if you want to come on for coaching and I'll sip some coffee. I'll be quiet in the present moment. Trying to think if there's any topics you guys want me to coach about. Have we seen anything come up lately in the Facebook groups? Let's talk about something while you guys are digesting. Yesterday, my in laws are in town. Let's talk about in laws. My in laws are in town, and I made a very nice dinner. Made like an Alfredo tortellini. Pulled chicken thing with roasted beet, wall, candied walnut, apples off our tree, salad with a homemade balsamic. It was a very nice dinner. And it was nice. And we sat, we brought everything outside. And there were like hornets everywhere, all up in our meal. And like my brain was going nuts because I'm like, all of this shouldn't be happening. Why didn't my husband take care of these hornets when I told him to at the beginning of the summer? My father-in-law literally took off his shoes and was starting to, like, swat hornets over the table with his shoes. All the things. And I didn't lose my shit, you guys. I just le- I just kept my mouth shut and watched my brain have a freaking fit about how things were happening. We moved, we moved the food into the house and had dinner in the house, and it was absolutely fine like they were all talking and saying words and giving their opinions and I was like me saying anything right now would be because I was arguing with reality and arguing with how it is and like putting my frustration on other people and I know enough now that I can't always do this but when I do it I'm like I'm just watching my brain have a fit and keeping my mouth shut and then my brain stopped having a fit. and We ate dinner and it was fine. But I'm like, it's very hard to have your watch your brain throw a fit and like not respond to it and wish things were different, but just sit there. And um, it worked. Nobody saw pissed off. I wish it was different than it is Kelly. So if you haven't tried that skill, keep your mouth shut and watch your brain throw a fit. And don't react to it. Don't react to all the thoughts. And see how it goes. And see if that situation might not actually be better than you reacting to the situation. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about managing our time. Saying no to events without feeling guilty or FOMO. I want to do a lot of things, but I have to pick and choose to make time for my family. 100%. This is a big one for me. Especially especially now, always now. So um, we live in a world where like we can do anything now, including just watch all the movies on the planet on Netflix. Like there are so many opportunities and we have amazing jobs in complex systems that always need more help, staffing shortage, blah, blah, blah. So like, I want to start by saying, let's normalize, how nuts it is out there! Like back when we lived on a farm, like the cows were done milking, like kids were in bed. I guess well, let's just have some sex. <laughs> like there was literally nothing else to do. You could maybe knit. Um, but like there's so much available now, and so normalize that of like there, as always more to do. Especially if we're people pleasers, we are perfectionists. We maybe. Like, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I can, I'm living my life. I'm driving it. I get to pick what I want to do. I literally have a banjo over here because somebody gave me a banjo and I want to learn to play the banjo. But any hour I spend learning to play the banjo, <laughs> although it would be awesome, uh, I'd be taking away from all my other things. Um, So yeah, I just want to normalize that. I literally yesterday, I'm like, I should take yoga teacher training that's only 15 weekends. Do you think my family will mind? And the thing about my kids and people's kids, they're not going to fight for your time. They don't know how. Right? And I and I don't think this is a fine balance. It's just something to consider of like we do not need to spend all of our time with our kids. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to have a job, all the things. But at the same time, like life gets so encompassing over here, we're like, "Oh, they didn't ask for our time. They don't know how. Unlike you know spouses or you know sisters or something like that, who can be like, "Let's have an hour," um, and I really want to respect that. For my kids, is they can't they can't fight for me, so that's my job to fight for them. Um, so I hope that was a, a good intro. Saying no to events, we could probably do a model on that. We'll put event in the circumstance line, because it can be any event. It could be playing banjo, for Christ's sake. Okay, let's put this here. So the circumstances event, uh, thought, Um, result would be Okay, so your note says saying no to events without feeling guilty or FOMO. So first, let's just like see how we feel guilty about this, right? So an event happens, I say no. I feeling guilty is what we'll do. I should go. Something like that. Some sort of should, right? Because the guilty comes from these thoughts and these thoughts are like, usually like in order to get guilty usually are like not purely interest. if i was like dude you're gonna meet oprah at 6 p.m i'd be like i'm going sorry family right like it's just energy versus like it's a manager meeting for the or it is a opportunity to be vice chair of the surgery department whatever i'm making stuff up perhaps from my own family um Let's get back to the vice chair, because I said no to vice chair this year, and I can talk about that. So guilty actions, a lot of times with actions, if you're feeling guilty, is like you're going to ruminate on it. You're going to ruminate. You're going to apologize. Type in if you can think of anything else. But you're going to kind of be stuck in like the past, right? Go back to Eckhart (laughs) Tolle on this. And the results being like you're present with your family, but you're usually still thinking about this thing that you didn't do. Right. So you're not present or like you're at the event in your head because you couldn't let it go. At the event in your head. There's the whole point of not going to the event was to not go to the event so you could spend time with your family. Yeah. You can't enjoy what you're doing. Exactly. Can't enjoy, see previous chat about Eckhart Tolle and living in the present moment. (laughs) Can't enjoy what you're doing. So I think a lot of this, and again, I'm just, I just made one up, but is like doing what we think other people think we should do, right? Or fear of missing out of like, because I didn't go to that, this waterfall of events is going to happen because I didn't go to it. um, And I think a, you know, a big deal of this is having our own back and being like, that dinner was not the right event for me. And this is a skill that you will get better at, I have found. The more I say no, so like, you know, whatever, rep dinners or surgery staple in coffee hour, whatever, the more you say no to it, the more you'll realize nothing bad happened for you not going and you did what you wanted to do instead and life continued on. And then you'll build that skill of like, nope, 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 nope. So I think saying no, especially if we're in that people pleaser, um, perfectionist, like good girl world, saying no is very uncomfortable because we do not have the skill. You will get you can get better and better at saying no then you become the person who doesn't go to the dinners no Kelly she doesn't go to the dinners I have a partner who like won't he is at home for dinner with his family he will not stay late for a meeting he will not X Y and Z and like he's very strong boundary on that and we res- you know we respect it we're like that's what he does and that's his kind of line in the sand of like yeah he's gonna miss out on the rest of the partner meeting but his priority is home for dinner by six o'clock. We just simply can't be all things to everybody. So we must prioritize. Like I prioritize fitness. I want to prioritize kids. I want to prioritize writing my book. Like whatever it might be for people. But I think it's the practice of saying no, feeling the uncomfortableness of like, oh, okay, I feel guilty because I want to be there. And then having your own back of like, and i am choosing what i what my true priority is today it's this and having your own back on that right about like oh kelly why can't you ever you know do both things at once or whatever it might be of like no no no, i decided and i'm having my own back on not going to that meeting um, I want to do a lot of things, but have to pick and choose to make time for my family. I think that's normal. It's like, yep, that's being an adult what we have to do it means we can't do everything. I might not get to do yoga teacher training, but I might. I'm trying to decide. Um, but knowing everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. And I think this is important too, when we think about like where we are in our life and we want to be somewhere else, right? Like I'm here. But I want a bigger life. I want a more whatever. Uh, More connections, more. Notoriety, like if we sit on our couch watching Netflix every single day. We're not going to write the book. We're not going to write the op ed. We're not going to start the podcast. We're not going to become a fit person. Right. Like I'm picking on Netflix because they have enough money. They don't need mine. (laughs) And I I don't actually watch a lot of media. I don't watch any sports. But I think about those people, you know, like all those people who are like, ah, there's not enough time. I'm like, the this is not surgeons, but the average human watches like five hours of television a day is on their phone for like four hours. Like we do have time. We just are really bad at prioritizing it. We just like let it go poof. Um Instead of being like, because I decided to watch this movie, I didn't read this book. Because I decided to watch this football game, I didn't start my op-ed for the Wall Street Journal. You know, whatever. I'm making stuff up. But like really realizing we have choice. And then, you know, I think a lot of this can tie into working on our concept of time scarcity, which I worked on a lot. I had a lot of time scarcity thoughts. And... It's not too bad anymore. I mean, it's still there, but like now I know what it is. And I know, I know when I get the time scarcity more, it's like, it can come from like my body feeling stressed. I'll get like kind of this internal pressure time scarcity. And so I can kind of know, like, of course you have time scarcity right now. It's because X, Y, and Z. For me, for time scarcity, writing stuff down on like a sticky note I put it in the kitchen and I cross it off as I do it and it makes me feel good, but I'm not trying to juggle a bunch of to-do lists in your brain, which is actually very stressful for your brain, very stressful for your brain. And so like doing things that like brains aren't good at keeping lists and keeping track of like what they need to do, get it down on paper. And then you're like, oh yeah, I got those four things. Okay. that be like, my, my brain doesn't have to like keep that in a Rolodex which is neuroscience. Our brains are not like info great info processing centers. I'd be curious what anybody else on here would say in regards to managing our time and saying no to events. Um, the other thing I will do is I'll think about my week and like what's coming up and think ahead of time what's going to be a yes or a no. And then that's just how it is, right? Like, keeping that commitment to yourself of like, I decided not to go to this dinner. It's as good as not existing for me at this point. And really, really having our own back on that one. Um, And then when you are away from your family, like truly enjoying it, right? Like this is my time away from my family. I'm going out to yoga this afternoon uh, after the family time with a friend. And I hardly ever do that because I rarely have in-laws in town, right? And so it's like, when I'm with her doing that, I'm not going to be thinking about my family. So it's like present, it's the present moment. Just like saying, I chose this, let's enjoy it. And not doubting yourself of should I be in a different place all along? Because it's just monkey chatter that inevitably makes you feel kind of shitty. So... I would say, you know, a a thought, if we want to skip to like the intentional thoughts, having an event, I'm choosing what's best for me. Or I'm choosing, if you want to put your family in there, I'm choosing what's best for my family, but I would, I would make it about you. You're choosing what's best for you. And that might be your family today. It might be the surgery department meeting tomorrow. Feeling of like confidence. I have a plan. I know that this is this chunk of time and then it's done and I'm choosing to be there. So a much more intentionally driven life than like, there's too much to do and I don't know what to and I like all these people I'm disappointing is like, there's six billion, eight billion people on the earth, you will disappoint some of them. But who do you like, and then you're like, who do I want to care about disappointing the most, right? My husband, my kids, me, me. I do not want to disappoint me and I think so many people forget to think about themselves in that um surgery department opportunity so it came the time of the year I've been here I've been in my community for 12 years and they're like Kelly will you do assistant vice chair of surgery this year and I'm like oh what an honor that's so cool. I get to be recognized as like, you know, the surgeon now who's made her way up to blah, blah, blah. And that's an honor, right? Doesn't everybody want to do the vice chair of surgery job? And I was thinking about like, they have long meetings at night. I would be away from my family. I also know that they don't tend to get a lot of stuff done. And I'm kind of a like, get us, get stuff done sort of person. Right. And I was like, this is not the best use of my skills. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This is not the best use of my skills. And I think a couple of years ago, I would have said yes, because it would it would have been such an honor. And they asked you, and shouldn't you do that? Because you're trained well enough and you're good and you can do it, right? Like all of these shoulds, right? I should do this. I'd be sitting at the damn meeting at 7.30 at night and nothing would be happening and I'd be getting pissy and like, it would not be good for anybody. So for me to have like, have my own back enough to be like, my skill set is not in being the vice chair of surgery. Thank you so much. My partner ended up taking it again for like the second time. He's actually very good at it. Very good at it. We're happy to have a team member on, on the executive committee. So I think that's an example of like, really being intentional in what you say yes to because you're saying yes to it, not because you you should or, you know, there are some things we have to do. I haven't figured out how to be a surgeon without seeing patients in clinic yet. I have not figured that out. Surgical hospitalist, probably. Um, Some things we have to do, but for a lot of our life, it's like, is this the life I want to lead right now or not? And you could say really cool professional things like, this is not the best use of my skill set, which sounds awesome. And it's like a very professional way of saying, fuck you, I think. <laughs> For what it's worth. All right, my friends, who's next? Who's got questions? For those who came on late, we were talking about managing our time, saying no to events without feeling guilty or FOMO. We want to do a lot of things, but have to pick and choose to make time for family. So human problems, for sure. I think everybody struggles with that. I really like buying books, and I don't have time to read them all. So I have like an entire bookshelf of like things I'm going to get to. But I don't watch football, so I get a lot more books read. Priorities. All right. Raise your hand if you want to come on or type in another question. I hope that was helpful. Adding clarifying questions if it was not. I think a lot of this I'll just keep going. There there we go. We've got somebody. But I think a lot of this is us learning to have our own backs. And we don't get taught that. And a uh, one coach I was listening to about this, she's like, "You have your own back. No matter what, even if it turned out to be the wrong decision, you didn't know that. You made the right decision that with the info that you had at the time. Kind of have your own back on that. Um, and again, I think that's a, a skill that we learn, right? All right, we are going to do some talking." holiday working hi how are you name happy happy labor day weekend yeah happy long weekend on call totally um fourth of july ah yes gotta take one of them absolutely totally what are you thinking about
1: um so the thing that has come up a lot um unfortunately Fortunately, over the last couple of weeks is that I have had numerous incredibly young patients who have these like terrible diagnoses um so like multiple patients my age or younger who are coming in with like metastatic cancer and just these like really difficult situations that I think in um you know, an older population, you're like, well, okay, you're in your 80s, you have a cancer, like, you know, something gets everybody kind of thing. Um, and, and we've certainly had a rash of people coming in with metastatic cancer, regardless, but like have three patients right now. Um, and, you know, then like, finish operating on one of them for palliative reasons, come home, and I'm just kind of like decompressing and then end up reading articles about other physicians whose like spouse is dying and I was like oh my god (laughs)
0: um we delete our Facebook friends right. right stop the hemorrhage we're surgeons stop the hemorrhage
1: um and I think it's just like a very for whatever reason like you know you can go along and
0: and things are great and
1: you're helping people and you feel like it's it's all great and then you kind of like have these patches where you are just like feeling your own mortality maybe um and like just like, it's really hard to, to like, see all these people going through all of this. Um, And it's like, kind of like right in the middle of it right now. So I don't know that I've like processed it fully. Um, But like, it's, you probably can hear I'm like tearing up now.
0: (laughs) No, and, and, and like, that's why this place, I think is so important. That's why I truly love room one is like, because this is where the tears come out and the anger comes out and all that shit that you have to adult at work. Because you can't just cry in the hallway all day long. Like, you you can, but it's not... Like, people start looking at you funny. But, <laughs> but um like, this is a hard job. This is a super difficult job. Graphic designers don't have to be... F- faced with 35 year old metastatic breast cancer with two kids in kindergarten. Like they don't see like there are jobs we can choose that don't put our mortality and the suffering of others in your face nine to nine to nine all day, every day. It's very hard. And I think that's where numbing comes in so much for physicians is because it is so much pain and we don't know how to deal with it or we don't think we should deal with it or or all the things because we didn't get trained like where did we get where did we ever get training in residency for like sitting and just like being with the fact that it sucks sometimes I certainly
1: didn't <laughs>
0: I didn't and I think you know that's where probably my anger at the system is because I see so many suffering physicians and like in a culture of like be be professional, just cut out the tumor. and you're like, their kids aren't gonna have a mom. That sucks. Yeah. And I think, you know, most mostly I'm here to like hold you, love you, to be like, our system is, you have to come to places like this and we have to learn how to really take care of ourselves because the system doesn't. I think, you know, I think the other thing our training does is, like, we're supposed to fix everything. Like, that's our job. We fix things. And, like, we can't fix a lot of this. We can't save everybody. I just had a guy come in. He's younger than me, like, a PSA for anybody. That's prostate-specific antigen (laughs) for a urologist. Uh, um, that's very high dad had prostate cancer i'm like let's just check it again very high again i'm like dude you're 40 <laughs> like i can't do a damn thing about that i can diagnose it i can treat it that's the job i can do but i'm like 40 this is like you're supposed to get prostate cancer when you're 73 like it's insane and and wishing wishing things were different right and again i you know i don't know if you were here for the beginning of today where we're doing a book club at the end of september and both eckhart tolle and the power of now of like realizing what is and realizing how much of my pain how much of my pain am i causing because i And fighting against what is instead of accepting what is. And it doesn't mean accepting like, don't do your job, don't try to help. Just means like realize what we can and what we can't control and don't beat ourselves up over the part we can't control.
1: Yeah, I think this particular situation was like really challenging because somebody else operated and made a major error and that wasn't recognized for months. Um, And it's like led to significant limitations in her ability to get treatment. And like, this is kind of like the last hope. And so they like looked at me yesterday and were like, this is our last chance. Like, you know, and you're like, they're like, no pressure. And they're not trying to be like in your face about it, but like, it really is her last hope. And you're like, okay, got it. And it's like not an ideal set of circumstances and it's not, you know, nothing is, is right. And you're like, well, I could make this worse. <laughs> but like, it's not getting any better. And so now we're doing something to try to like eke out a little bit more time. Yeah. Um, and you're also balancing like not, I mean, it really is a big error, but not throwing a colleague under the bus either. Um, but knowing that like, this could be different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just like, sort of brought it all to a head from that standpoint.
0: Um, yeah, totally. um, It's really hard.
1: And I think also just like, you know, kind of like you're saying, you, you can only control a certain amount of things and, um, you know, there's like, she's requesting a private room and I get it I would love her to have a private room and I would love her to have this like time that she could have but like I don't have control over these things
0: yeah and and at the same time that's her trying to have control right yeah yeah we're all doing it and when we can see it like that it's so much more compassionate to be like I'm not saying she, but like, you know, who do you think you are that you want this? Or who do you think I am that you think I can do this? Or blah, blah, blah. Like, nope, that's her trying to have control in a city, shitty situation for her. Yeah. And then being like, I'll, I'll do what I can, no promises. But I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you taking care yeah. of yourself? Well, yeah. I think it's one of those where you're like <laughs> are you
1: I, I like I'd like so like, have trust issues well no you're like like shh. I, I think there's a little bit of an element of like when you're like I'm basically you like I am like about your age I have kids your age like you're like am I the right person to be taking care of you am I like the perfect person or am I like the completely wrong person for a variety of reasons yeah um and I don't know, I think there's a little bit of that where like very rarely do you come into a situation where you're like, okay, like I maybe need to remove myself. I can't say that I've ever had that happen before. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you're like, okay, like the reality is I like need to see the writing on the wall too. Um, and you can't like fix everything.
0: No, you can't. And our perfectionist tendencies will like, and I think that's where so much where like the self-awareness work that this is, of realizing, like, I want to control, or I, I, when I feel backed into a corner, I want to be angry. I'll, I'll lash out, or you know, like, kind of, I like think the self awareness, so you can see what's coming up a lot better than being like, how the hell did that happen? You know, <laughs> of like, I didn't process my feelings, so I, you know, ate the gallon of ice cream and. Drank the Jack Daniels and didn't exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can like you're like, oh, I see my pattern now. So I'm gonna try to feel the feelings, take some time for this, talk it out, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I I don't have a I mean, I don't have a right like. I wish the system was so much better. But like, where's the money in helping people feel safe and sitting around the hospital, feeling their feelings? Like, it's not going to happen. Like, like, these are, this is very, very tough jobs.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. And thank you for, creating this community, I do think it's really helpful to have people who understand.
0: Totally. I have, people might know all of my stories by now, but when I was in residency, I was on general surgery. A woman had a uh, amniotic embolism when giving birth. So we, were, we had to go down to the um, childbirth center and we cracked her chest and we we're, I was like compressing her heart with my chief resident across from me compressing her heart baby was out baby's fine and we did that and she didn't make it and we went on to go finish the rest of our list and we showed up the next day and we did whatever we needed to do the next day and the chief resident of ob didn't show up for work the next day and we we the general surgery group made fun of her behind her back she wasn't there How can you not show up to work the next day? It's your job. You're supposed to show up to work the next day. And I I didn't question that at the time. I was like a third year. And that, that story came back to me during coaching. Because I was like, this is a mom who died giving birth and that kid doesn't have a mom. And my hands were on her heart. And I was part of the group that made fun of the other person for not handling that, how, how we're supposed to handle it. And, I was, and that was like my first insight to like, oh, our culture is messed up. Humans didn't evolve to not be affected when people die. That's not how humans evolved. Mm-hmm. And we're faced with it a lot. And our culture just part of the job move on and then you realize that that's that gets buried with you somewhere like that sadness and you know there's some there's a urologist coach who basically runs like a free kind of hotline for it's not for suicide but it's for really suffering all physicians and she's like literally trying to stomp out suicide She's amazing. Her name's Diana Londano. She's a urologist. She's amazing. And it's like, because she understands, like, these are we're feeling people, and this is a very tough job. And she wants to create a space for them because their jobs don't create space for them. And I know that you are doing the absolute best job that you can. And you're helping as much as you can. And I, I just want to acknowledge that of like you are enough for them. That's why they picked you. You'll do your best, and then at the end of the day, love the shit out of yourself and take care of yourself. Because <laughs> it'll be Tuesday, and there'll be another full day at clinic. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but like. If you need to take time off, you take the time off. This is your life that we're talking about.
1: And yeah, I think that's what's like interesting about this scenario is it's not like it's like a traumatic event, you know, like I sort of get it when it's like, okay, some there's some sort of major complication, something bad happens, but it's just like the nature of the patient's walking in the door and it's not an isolated person. I think that's, what's been like, so striking is it's literally like a 28 year old and then a 34 year old and then a 42 year old. And you're just like, Oh my God, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and it's just like one after another. And you're like, okay, well, this is, I guess what we're doing now. Like I used to have patients in their eighties with this problem, but now they're in their thirties. Like, and it's not just like this one thing you can walk away from. Um, and it's not just my practice, it's my partners too, who are operating on these like really young patients. Um, and so I think it's just like, it it isn't necessary. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying like, it's not the time to like do self-care, but it's not a, like an event you can just sort of be like, okay, pause, that was a lot. Let's, you know, like think about it in process and like come back to it. It's like literally just like, how things are changing or at least for the, the moment yeah um
0: uh that's a very good point and i think that's where you know people talk about like capital t traumas and lowercase traumas i don't know if you guys have heard that but capital t is like the pulmonary embolism amniotic embolism thing right like very traumatic event ended boom and the lower t trauma is like the constant barrage of human suffering that you're seeing in and out and in and out but it doesn't it's not stopping it's not like an event that stops it's just like the chronic suffering and you know stress of that that you see and Mm -hmm. and it's important to know to be like that's still trauma not not in the level one surgical trauma center that we you know we're used to talking about but like the constant barrage of you being present for that Is still a trauma but you're right it's not something you can be like take tuesday off go to the spa like no but really you know and i am not here to tell you how to deal with this i'm still figuring it out but it's like one trick that i'm kind of working with is like go big on the happy beautiful things and i don't mean like spend money but i mean like enjoy the butterfly enjoy your daughter's laugh Enjoy how comfortable these shoes are, right? Like it's almost like you kind of dive in to like the antidote. All the harder. The other option is numbing the shit out of your life. I don't think not particularly effective. (laughs) Nobody says that's a long term successful plan, right? Because you can like you like you're like fuck it, man right? Like, let's just drink and watch Netflix and numb out and say nothing fucking matters. And like, that's a path, but it doesn't go well long term. It it can feel really nice and nummy in the beginning, but it doesn't go well. Or you can be the person who's like all in on seeing all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, I like that perspective.
0: Listen, an, I an, like I don't know what works for everybody, but it's like we're like surgeons are like doers, right? If you like give us a tactic, we'll be like let's do let's do this tactic. And I'm like I think that is a tactic that seems to be like I'm going to go all in on appreciating this right now. Because it, because I have the awareness of the shit that like is our world right now. But I don't yeah. have to give that all the bandwidth it can be, you know, again, it's that life is 50-50 thing of like we go along, we see the bad, make sure we see the good. Cause that that bias that our brain has, like, oh, it's bad. You want me to show you all the bad? Let me show you all the bad. I'm gonna show you all the bad all the time now. Like, or life is good and bad. And we and we gotta we gotta find the good. You're amazing we do very hard jobs
1: <laughs>
0: yeah we're not all just good at like if I, could, I was like could, if I could just cry on demand to like get the get the goodness of the crying that would be so sweet and it doesn't work for me but it does work like it works for some people and I'm like dude if you can cry freaking cry do it like it's so good for you And and nothing's gone wrong if you need to cry.
1: We're here for you. Thank you. (laughs)
0: We all have your job. Yeah. So we're all doing the best we can. Any other thoughts?
1: I don't think so. Thanks.
0: Good luck on Labor Day.
1: <laughs> Thanks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else want to chat for 10 minutes or add your thoughts and feelings to holiday working? All right, everybody. Go enjoy the sunshine if you have it in your town. Don't forget to be in the present moment because it's the only life we have. Watch out for that brain throwing a fit, man. Just let it throw a fit sometimes. That's my work. Keeping my mouth shut while my brain throws a fit. And um, have your own back. This is your one life. You get to decide what to do. Don't go to those meetings because somebody else told you to. And look for the beautiful things. And enjoy them. Because they're here too. All right, my loves. Until next time. Keep being amazing. I'm so glad you're here. Happy Labor Day weekend.